we're, we're on page seven, but I'm going to kind of backtrack real quick and just remind us of where we were and the point we were making uh, off of uh, Ephesians chapter three, verse number six, which stated, uh, uh, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. And what was it that wasn't made known? It was the mystery of the uh, 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 Gentiles uh, would be fellow heirs uh, and, and one. And so that's what we were talking about. I want to kind of make a couple quick uh, statements on that. Just to remind us to make sure we got that, and then we'll move on. If you would, real quickly, go to uh, uh, Galatians chapter 3 so that I can make these points and we can just move on. So, so what is the mystery? What is it that, we, that Paul is trying to express to us in, 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 in this passage that we want to make sure we get? Well, what we want to make sure we get, and we have it on the board, it's the number three uh, point, right? It, it, it's Christ in you. Now, it's different than you in Christ. And what I mean by that is you in Christ, that is the point of all that you get, all the blessings that we get for being in Christ. Chapter three, the point is, is, and this is where it's going to turn to the practical in chapter 4. Chapter 4, is that's not the point. I'm just kind of leading you to where chapter 4 is about to go to. It's Christ in you. And the point is, where the blessings that you get for being in Christ, the question now becomes is, once you understand that Christ is in you, what are you now going to do with that? What are you now going to do that... If Christ is in you, and he's given you all these blessings because you are in Christ, what are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with it? And that's kind of the point where I was kind of going in the last two messages where we stepped out of Ephesians, but yet uh, the point was, was, that was being made kind of brings us back into Ephesians now is, hey, we need to sanctify the Lord God in our hearts. We need to be ready to always, right, always to give an answer to any man that asks a reason for the hope that is within you with meekness and fear, with meekness and fear. And, and, and obviously what we've been talking about the last couple of weeks, as uh, I believe Ray pointed out to us last week, the, the fire marshal told, told us we could fit 223 souls in this room. Huh? 231, whatever it is. We're going to go with 220 and just keep it easy. We can, we can fit 220 souls in this room. So what are you going to do with the fact that Christ is in you? What are you going to do with that? If we get out of 2022 and there's not somebody here because of your efforts, listen, if, if I'm in your shoes, I'd see that as a major disappointment. Because there's no way you could go 355 days, whatever we have left. If you truly are seeking and you truly are praying to God about that, uh, there's no way you could go. That God's word promises it. The only way we could get out of 2022 and you have not reached at least one soul, and you know what I'm going to say, right? Just like Zechariah, because we didn't open our mouth. We didn't open our mouth, and because we didn't open our mouth, God couldn't use us. So we're going to make that the emphasis this year. You're going to hear me and Pastor Robert continue to pound it. We're not pounding it because we have nothing better to do. We're pounding it because we want to make that a point around here. We're very good with the build part around here. We've all definitely, I hope all of us can say, yeah, being around this church, we've learned a lot of things. And and. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. I'm grateful for that. I'm glad for that. We are a learned church, as we should be. However, if all we're doing is learning, and all we're doing is being an inward focus, I do know that the Bible says knowledge puffs up. 
There comes that meekness and fear part. It's not about slamming down what you know to somebody. That ain't going to work. That ain't going to be how this rolls. It's about really caring about somebody's soul and showing them that you care. And if you do, um, I promise you, I promise you. Uh, but we're going to, me and Robert are going to tag team this throughout the year. Uh, we're going to be very systematic about it. Uh, we're going we're gonna to leave it. We're going to come back to it. We're going to leave it. We're going to come back to it. We're going to continue to help and train you how to talk to people, things like that. We're going to provide all that stuff for you. But here's the thing, okay? We can, me, we can stand up here and we can preach this stuff till we're blue in the face. If you don't take it and go out there and do something with it, then when 2022 ends, we're still going to be 60 people. I can promise you that, okay? What I mean by promise you that is I don't know if God will bring somebody through the doors. But I'm saying, we, do you know how quick we could double if everybody did it? And you know you're not just getting one person. Most of the time, the one person's got a family. And then the one person turns into a, a couple other people. It happens all the time. Okay, so um, I, I, I hope you all know the, the heart of all that. So what is this mystery among the Gentiles? It's, it's the fact that the promise that God made to Abraham is now being fulfilled. However... We want to make sure that we're very, very careful about what that promise was that's being fulfilled. Paul just spent the last 10 or 11 verses in chapter 2 making sure we understand that this thing is a, number two, it's a new creature. So the point is, and y'all know, y'all should know what I'm about to say now, the point is this, this, this thing that's going on in chapter 3 is not that the Gentiles have replaced Israel. That's not what it is. What it is is that the Gentiles have become fellow heirs with Israel, with Christ. Okay? That's the point. And we want to make sure we don't miss that because there's a lot of false teaching that is surrounded by that. So when we're in uh, chapter number three, I'm going to read a couple verses here, make a couple points, and we can move on. But I want to say this. What chapter number three is referring to is Genesis chapter 12, verses one through three, okay? That's what Paul's talking about as he's writing chapter number three. Overview of Galatians real quick, just to get on, on the same page. Paul's writing to the... Uh, to the church of Galatia because they have a lot, they, they have a lot of issues uh, where uh, the, the, the people there are teaching people that they need to become a Jew first before they are saved. And they're teaching them the works, uh, work salvation kind of thing. And, 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 and listen, this is a lot of uh, uh, where we could fall into things uh, where we might call, uh, you know, um, putting things on people that we shouldn't be putting on them, that the Bible doesn't say, but it's out, you know, what do we call that? Right? We call that legalism. So Paul is combating that idea in Galatians chapter 3. Uh, I mean, Galatians as a whole. But when you get to Galatians chapter 3, uh, what he says now, he says, O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you that you should not obey the truth. Before whose eyes Jesus Christ has been evidently set forth, crucified among you. Dropping down to verse 6 now, here's where he starts to get into that whole Abraham thing. He says, even as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Okay, did, 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 did Abraham believe in the gospel? Well, no. He didn't, he didn't know. And, and what's crazy about it is God was kind of preaching it to him and he didn't even know. Okay? Uh, but, but here's where it goes, right? He says, Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. Now we're bringing in that faith thing. Let, let me ask you a question. Just think about this in constant. Did, did, did Abraham need to have, quote unquote, faith in God? Because what is faith? Things not seen. Did Abraham have conversations with God? 
you see my point? Did Israel, when they were standing around that mountain, did, did they have to have faith in God? They heard his voice. You know, so there's something different going on here. And he's saying those that have faith. Well, who's the one that has to have faith? The just shall live by faith. Who's that? Was it Israel? And by the way, you want to know what's interesting? That word faith, check it. Do you know how many times it's used in the Old Testament? How about that? The word faith in the Old Testament is used two times. How about that? And how about this? Both times it is in reference to a future event. How about that? What are you going to the point that I'm trying to make is those Old Testament saints, it wasn't about faith in something because they had it. They had the tabernacle right there. They had the presence of God right there. We don't have it, if you will, unless we put our faith in it. Then we can get it. Do you understand? See the difference? Okay. But the point is, is that the, 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 the promise that was offered to the Gentiles was by faith. Even as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness, know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. And the scripture foreseeing, there's that future, foreseeing that the heathen, uh, God would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, in thee shall all nations be blessed. Abraham didn't even know the gospel was being preached to him. But what was being preached is, is that in you, Abraham, was it Abraham that was going to bless all nations? No. Was it Abraham's seed, Jacob, that was going to bless all nations? No. Who, who was going to bless all nations? The seed. The seed of Abraham down to Isaac, down to Jacob, through Jacob, generations later. That was what was going to bless all nations. And you say, well, how do you know that that's true? Well, I know that that's true because verse 16 says, now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He saith not and to seeds as of many, but as of one and to thy seed, which is. So, that's how we got there. <laughs> okay, very, very clear what's going on here. And then, of course, in verse 13 and 14, it says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come unto the Gentiles. So listen, did the blessing of Abraham come unto the Gentiles before Christ died on the cross? Do you see why replacement theology is such a farce and why it's so it's a big problem? There's no way you can get around this once you actually understand what the Bible's actually saying, right? And it says, how did this blessing of Abraham come to the Gentiles? Through Israel, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Is that what it says? If, if, if Paul was going to try to make the point that we're replacing Israel, that's exactly what he would have said right there. But no, that's not what he said. Where do we get this blessing from? What is, the, what is the blessing? Is it that we replace Israel and we receive all their promises? Is that the blessing? Because a lot of people will teach that. Whether they understand they're teaching it or not, they will. The answer, of course, I hope you all know by now, is emphatically no. Where did we get our blessings through? Jesus Christ. That's where it came from. Not Israel, not Abraham. Now, if you turn your page, I got a couple of verses there. Look, Paul, let, this isn't just Pastor Frank saying this. Let the Bible show you. Look at Romans 4.13. For the promise that he should be heir of the world was not to Abraham. See that? Or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. And let me just say, who is our righteousness? Y'all see this? Okay. Galatians 3.8, he says, 
and we saw it already, that God foreseeing that he would justify the heathen through faith, preached the gospel to Abraham. Which gospel was preached that was going to justify the heathen through faith? That's important. You got to know that. Where would you find that in your Bible? 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4. That gospel is different than what was being preached to the Jew. Do you understand? That it doesn't, it's different. And, so, and the last thing I know, uh, if I know anything, is something different can't be the same. It's different. <laughs> okay? Okay? Is everybody good with that? Listen, the promise is not to become or replace Israel. It is, now get this, you ready? It is to become like Christ in you. That's the promise. That's the promise. Not that you would replace Israel. Not that you would become Israel. The promise is that Christ would be in you. And you could now be like him. Everybody good with that? It's very important. The same body that he's talking about is not Israel. It's what's now being revealed, which is called the body what? of Christ. That's what we're talking about here. It's not a covenant. It's the cross that gets us airship. And it was promised. Okay, there's my trying to get us back to where we were. Everybody good with all that? Because it is important. It is important. The gift on page 7 at Pentecost, that's your uh, fill in the blank. Fill in the blank. The gift of Pentecost was the Holy Ghost who gave Israel, more specifically the apostles, power. Now, what you need to understand is, and why this is so critical to understand based on what we just read, what it didn't, what, what happened on that day is not the same thing that happens to us at salvation. That's why I said you got to make sure you know the, the, the difference between what happened at the cross and by the cross. Two different things. Israel had a different understanding of the importance of the blood of Christ than we do. The blood of Christ to Israel meant everything to who had the right to sit on the throne of David. The blood of Christ to us has everything to do with what? What? Salvation. Uh, uh, they, Israel, were baptized for remission of sin. That's what was the, at the cross. We, we get baptized what? forgiveness of sin and by the way our baptism is not water it's are you starting to see why this is all important how much false teaching is going on because we have a lack of understanding of this stuff in the church and and i hope you're all sitting there going well this is not pastor frank's thought this is not one baptist church's thought this is what the bible teaches it's why i'm trying to Keep reminding you and showing you as much as I can so that you understand these things because it is important to understand. The body of Christ did not happen before who? Paul. Why? It couldn't. <laughs> it couldn't happen before Paul because why? It hadn't even been revealed yet. It hadn't even been revealed yet. And so, therefore, when you go back to Acts chapter 2 to try to pull out church doctrine, do you see the danger in it? Anybody? Okay, good. Good. Acts 7, the Jews rejected the final piece of the Trinity. Okay? God, in His grace, had offered three opportunities for the Jew to uh, 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 accept what was going on. The Father sent them who? 
John the Baptist, what did they do to him? Well, they surely will reverence my son. And what did they do to him? Okay, and Jesus says something pretty interesting. Again, so many people take these verses out of context because they don't understand what they're actually saying. If you reject the Father, you reject the Son, you still can be forgiven. You reject the Holy Ghost, though. Huh? And why? Why is that? Because, well, wait a minute, what's Jesus saying there? I mean, I thought Jesus is the one that saves us. What he's saying is, when you accept the Father, when you accept the Son within itself, that doesn't save you. What actually saves you is when you have believing and receiving and you've received the Holy Ghost. It's when the Holy Ghost moves inside of you that you are biblically saved. Do you see the point? That's why just believing in Jesus is not enough. It's not. You have to receive because if you don't receive, it's the Holy Ghost that moves inside of you that saves you. Is everybody with me on this? And this is critical. It's so critical that you really got to wonder how many people are actually biblically saved. This is Bible. This isn't Pastor Frank's thought. This isn't one Baptist church's view on things. This is what the Bible teaches on the subject. This Jesus flat out said it. Ye must be born again. Being born again is when the Holy Ghost, remember when I, when I taught you last week about Mary? Remember how I showed you that Mary is a picture of us? What, did Mar- what came upon Mary and what happened? The, who's the seed? Was put in her. By who? By who? The Holy Ghost. And what did she produce when she brought forth the Son of God? We do the same thing. The same, we have the same beautiful experience. But you're only going to have that beautiful experience if you actually do what verse 315 says on the board. And you're actually being actively involved in it. You have, we all have a choice to make. Either you're going to be a Zechariah or you're going to be a Mary. Which one do you want to be? Which one are you? If you're a Zechariah, no disrespect. I'm just going to use Bible words. But you're dumb. Because you're not opening your mouth. You've been stricken silent. And because you've been stricken silent, one might have to say, how strong is your faith really? Because wasn't that the reason why Zechariah's mouth was shut? Because he was unfaithful. He didn't believe what God had promised. Okay. In sharp contrast, what did Mary do? Not only (laughs) did she believe it, but did you see how much she sanctified the Lord God in her heart? She started, remember last week, what did I show you? She started, by memory, just throwing out Psalms. I mean, she had, I think it's the book of Psalms. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's the book of Psalms where it says, hide the word in your heart that I might not sin against thee. Right? Listen, listen. Let me help you with something, man. Well, you know, Pastor Frank, I've heard this a lot. I've heard this a lot. I just can't memorize verses. I just can't do that. It's just not my thing. You know, I can't do that. Can I help you with something? Can I help you with something? You're right. If that's your attitude, you're right. You won't memorize them. But let me just tell you something. Stop with that attitude. Memorize a couple and watch what God will allow you to do. Watch this bro right here. What do you got, like maybe 70? And he knows them all. And when we started, that was, I don't know, Pastor, if I could do that. Do you question God? Do, do we question God that he can't do what he promised he'll do? Do you see why I'm saying? 
Where's your faith, man? Well, I can't do... That's why I say can't is a swear word in Christianity. It is. You should never, ever... Well, that's just not my gift. Where does it say that in the Bible? Show me in the Bible where it says some have the gift of being able to open their mouth and talk to people about Christ. And then some don't. When he writes to Corinthians, he said, we're, we're what? We're all ambassadors to Christ. The last time, Jaguars are going to lose anyways. We're all ambassadors to Christ. All means all. We're all it's not just Pastor Frank and Pastor Robert's job. It's not just the leaders of the church's job. It's every single person in this church's job to be ambassadors to Christ. It's, when Peter wrote that, he didn't write it to the, to the pastors. He wrote it to everybody. And if you don't believe me, go read chapter number one, verse number one. To the strangers that are spread about. Who are the strangers? Huh? That's all of us. We're all ambassadors. We are all to sanctify the Lord God in our hearts. All right. So, Acts 7. The Jews rejected the Holy Ghost. Acts 8, verses 5, 12, 14 through 18. The Holy Ghost leaves Jerusalem and, given, and is given to the Samaritans. Uh, are these people in the body of Christ? Again, I would say this was a major transition. Something very different is going on. How they got into that is different than how we get into it. That's the only point I'm trying to make. By the cross and at the cross are different. By was the means of, at was at the time and place. The 12 preached the gospel of the kingdom. The 12 preached the gospel of the circumcision. The 12 peach, peached preached the new covenants. Who were the covenants made with? Israel. Who is the kingdom for? The, the physical kingdom. Israel, right? Uh, 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 who is the circumcision? None of that is us. None of that is us, okay? Um, and I gave you some verses there to go look up. No, there's no such thing as a covenant of grace. This was propagated by John Calvin. This is where uh, uh, those that would teach um, the, 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 uh, the idea of Calvinism uh, come from. They, they, they believe the Bible teaches this covenant of grace, even though you can't find it in Scripture anywhere. Uh, in, any, in any shape or fo- way, shape, or form, uh, they still teach it as if it is true. What happened at the cross accomplished a great many things. But it does not mean those things were made known or put into effect at the cross. Many of that which we learned happened at the cross was not made known until later so that by the cross it could be put into effect. That may sound like a bunch of mumbo jumbo, but for example, you don't get a job at your graduation ceremony, but by your degree you can get it later. Does that make sense? Okay. By is the means. At is the time. See the difference? And it it matters. (laughs) It really does matter to make sure we understand that. Hebrews 4.1 says, Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left of us entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. You should fear because if you double stumble, you will, that's spelled wrong, you will not make it to the finish line. Uh, the writer of Hebrews goes on to say that you be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Uh, so obviously, you have to have faith to open your mouth, but you also have to have what? You have to have patience with people. And isn't it interesting? Isn't it interesting? Right? Isn't it interesting? 
when you look at the seven levels of spiritual growth, what's the first one? Virtue. Virtue. L- listen, if, if, if there's a lot that goes into virtue, okay? But let's just keep it simple for a minute so that I don't have to stand up here for the next hour talking about virtue. You know what? Do not forsake the assembly of the church. What do you think would be a virtuous thing? Come to church. You should be in church, right? Don't forsake the assembly. Be in church. Uh, 1 Corinthians uh, 15, 1 and 2 talks about on the first day of the week, coming together to bring what? Your tithe and your, off- your, your offerings, okay? So, so you should be a tither. By the way, just so we're clear on this, tithe means a tenth. Just so we're clear on this, if you want God's blessing upon your tithe, it's a tenth of your earnings. And just so we're clear, because Jesus taught this to Peter, before taxes are taken out. Render to Caesar what's unto Caesar. Render to God, which is God's. So, just so you guys, if you, if I, if you need help on this, let's say I pull in $1,000 a week a week. Uh, that's my, my salary, $1,000. Okay, let's just say that it is. Okay, well, because uh, it's an easy number to work with. Okay, that means that per the $1,000, you should be tithing $100 before taxes are taken out. Is everybody good with that? that I mean, that's not biblical. I don't see it. God loves a cheerful giver. I would argue you might want to even do more than that. You do what you got to do. I'd at least get myself to the tithe part. I'd at least get there. But you might want to go above and beyond. Maybe. Virtue. Doing that which you know the Bible teaches you to do. God is serious about that. He's very serious. Does God need your money? Can God bless others around you without your money? Oh, yes, he can, and yes, he will. The problem is you just didn't join in on it. And really, at the end, you know who loses out on that? You. Okay? Listen, this church, you do what you got to do. I ain't saying I'm, I'm not pointing any fingers at anybody. I don't know who anybody in this church gives, except for me. Okay, but what I'm saying is, just do what you got to do, but I'm just telling you. I do know this. I do know this. Whether it was coincidence or whether it wasn't. I do know that when me and Sarah started tithing the way we were supposed to be, things changed real fast. When we were committed to it, not only just begrudgingly, but yeah, man. I, I think I've made mention of this before. I remember. If we had an electric bill due or we could tithe. Which one should we do? I'm giving to the Lord first. They want to turn off my electric, I'll turn this oven on. I don't know. And we gave. And it wasn't two days later. And we got a, what do you call that thing? What was that check we got? The equity. We got an equity check for like 1200 bucks. I'm just telling you. I don't know if that's what God's going to do for you. I don't know. I'm just telling you. All I can tell you is there was a, defi- a very definitive change in my life when I made that a priority for me, and I just went with it. And just now, it's like, it's not something I have to do. It's something I want to do. It's important. I, I need to do it. I was driving around a little red pickup truck that I didn't even know if it was going to start. I didn't even know if it was going to start. Uh, God makes some promises to us. He makes some promises to us. And if we just fulfill what it is that we should do for him. He will take care of us. This is all about virtue. Come to church. Be a regular tither. Do, do, do that which is right. Do that which is good. Show yourself as virtuous. And God will take care of you. He will. Do you, the question now is, do you believe it? Do you actually believe it? Or is that just words coming from your pastor who's trying to get your money? Which one is it? Because I promise you, I'm not trying to get your money. That's not what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to get you to be what God wants you to be. That's what you need to do, man. 
yes, yes. In the day that we live in, are there pastors who are trying to get your money? Yep. And are, are they using it for filthy lucre? Yep. No questions asked. I would humbly say, do you really believe that's what this church is doing? Because all you need to do is look at the giving record, and you will see, because I make sure I do it on purpose, you can see everything I'm doing with the money that I get from this church. Okay? $3,260 every month. That's what I get. 700, 700 of that pays my, my health insurance. So now I'm down to twenty-five twenty. How much do I tithe to this church, boys? Pretty much almost 15, at least 15, 1600. Now, I'm going to go on to say, there's also things I do outside of this church that we have done and we still do on a monthly basis that probably pretty close to get, takes just about all of it when it's all said and done. I ain't saying that, uh, look at me, I'm better than all. I'm saying that your pastor, follow me as I follow Christ. Hey, I am living witness to what the Lord will do. Okay, when we first moved down here, listen, I mean, Sarah took a huge pay cut from where we were in New York. And we weren't living it up in New York, I'll tell you that right now. Sarah took a huge pay cut when we came down here. All I'm saying is you do what you're supposed to do. You be faithful to what you're supposed to be faithful to. God will reward it. Does that mean he's going to give you million-dollar houses? I didn't say that. What I'm saying is God will take care of you, though. You'll never go without. He'll take care of you. And whatever that is, notice, be, be understanding of that. Whatever level of that is, is to the level of which he knows you can handle. Because money can be a problem. You start getting a lot of money, and all of a sudden, that money can start pulling your attention. Now, God never in the Bible, we've talked about this before, God never in the Bible says you can't have things. That's, that's baloney. You can have stuff, okay? Just don't let the stuff have you. And if God knows that you're going to have a problem with the, the fact the stuff's going to have you, he's going to protect you. Are you okay with that? We should be okay with that. Don't, don't look at somebody else and what they have and go, you know, as a pastor, it's rough. I get it, you know. We have been blessed to have the ability to build a nice house. We have been blessed to have the ability to have a couple nice cars and things like that. I get that. And I know people are going to look at me and go, stealing from the church. Am I? It's all open for everybody to see. I ain't stealing nothing from this church. I ain't stealing nothing. The blessings that have been provided for me and my family come from a working life that the Lord has blessed. Okay? But we have not shied against how much we tied to this church. We have not and we will not. And if I wasn't in this church, if I was in a different church, I still wouldn't. It would change nothing. I'd still do the exact same thing. Because I have faith in him. I believe in him. I know, I know that our money when it gets brought into this church, we're going to use it for good things. I know we are because that is what we've been called to do. That's what we all need to do. And we need to have patience. We need to have patience. God isn't going to just do something because you just started to do it. That's not the way it works with God. God is looking for patience. He wants to see, are you going to be faithful to this? Are you going to? Is this important to you? How much does this really matter to you? Does that all make sense, folks? I hope it does. Is that a sneeze? Well, at least it wasn't Ray. Ray, Ray, Ray would have blown us right out of here. 
I don't know what that dude does. I don't know how he does that. But uh, what, Look what James says on page 8, top of uh, page 8 there. He says, Hearken, my beloved brethren, hath not God chosen the poor of this world, rich in faith, and heirs of the kingdom which he hath promised to them that love him? Here's, here's the real thing. Here's where it really just gets to the heart of the matter. The riches of this world really is never found in things. We, we're very, we're very, because we're so, we're very things focused, tempor, temporal. Like, that's our thing. We're all about that. What God says, the true faith is, the, the, the true riches in this world, the true riches in this world are found when we are pulling on and, 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 and expecting and, and comforted by and have faith in that which he promised. That's the true riches in this world. That's why it really bothers me, not from I'm mad at anybody, I'm, it just really bothers me when I see Christians who are, Sad, distraught, have no joy in their life. It's like you haven't tapped into those blessings, those nine blessings that uh, you get with, 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 with when, when you are in Christ. Tap into those blessings and none of that stuff's going to matter to you anymore. And I can promise you, I can promise you this. My wife knows it. And I can, we could lose it all tomorrow, and I could care less. I don't care. I'll go live in a mobile home and be just as happy. I mean that sincerely. I don't care. I really don't. It doesn't matter to me. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's great to have while you can have it. But if the Lord took it all away tomorrow, just like Job, I'd be just as fine. Whatever. I don't worry about any of that stuff. You know what would bother me? You know where I would be devastated? This church fell apart. That's what, that, then I'd be devastated. And you know what's crazy? If this church fell apart, I could go get a job probably making triple what I'm making right now. Think about that for a minute. No, man, that's, none of that stuff matters to me. It really doesn't. And it shouldn't matter to you either. What should matter to you is the blessings that God gave you to do the work that he's called you to do and be faithful to it. Be faithful to it. Don't just say that I'm faithful to it. What, is, what does James say? Don't just be a hearer of it and just say it. You know how many times in this church over the course of the last eight years I've heard people say to me, I love you, Pastor. And listen, I appreciate that, great. But then two months later they're gone. Did you really? Did you really or were you just lip service? Which one is it? I can promise you this. When I tell you I love you guys, I do. It's not lip service. You call me, you need something, I'll be there. I don't care. And I know Robert would do the same. That, am I unapproachable to you guys? Does anybody feel like that? Is Robert unapproachable to you guys? I mean, he's scarier than me. I get it, but we are not going to be that church. The pastor is not above you. We are not above you. We are one with you. We have been given a gift, and we are going to use it, but you have all been given gifts too. And all we're asking is, is if we're going to utilize our gifts, you utilize yours. Is that fair? By the way, I'm preaching chapter 4 and I haven't even gotten there yet. That's what we should be doing. That is what we should be doing. Well, I'm definitely not going to start on page 8 because then we're going to be halfway through it. There's no way I could stop four minutes before 12. But you know what? I'm going to stop four minutes before 12. 
They played last night and they won 51 to 26. Just want to throw that out there. 51. Did you hear that number? 51. All right. Hey, but I will say this, guys and gals. Number one, number one, be an encouragement to others. Be an encouragement. And listen, don't be afraid to hold people accountable to the things that are of the Lord. Don't be afraid of that. Somebody hasn't been in church, don't be afraid to say, hey man, you know, I get it. People are sick and stuff like that. I'm not talking about that. But, you know, somebody hasn't been in church for a little while, you're like, hey, come on, man. Don't, and if they, take, if they take offense to it, don't worry about it. The Lord's going to bless you for being uh, uh, faithful to his word. If that person doesn't want to be faithful, it's on them, but it doesn't mean you shouldn't be holding them accountable to it. This is why I think discipleship and being a part and, and involved in discipleship relationships is so important. For those of you who, who are involved in it, I hope, you know, if you haven't been here in a while, I think Justin's going to get on you. If Justin hasn't been here in a while, I'll be like, hey, Justin, man, where you been? What's going on here, bro? You know, that accountability piece is important. We all need it because our flesh is so weak and we can fall into things so very easily, so very easily. But in the same vein, in the same vein, don't be afraid to hold each other accountable to that. Don't be afraid to go, Kathy, how many people have you spoke to this week? Zero? No, you don't have to answer. I'm, I'm, I'm using an example, Kathy. How many, you know, how many have you spoke to this week? Um, yeah, man, you know, I just got really busy this week. Well, you could say that every week. What's more, what's more important than that? Does that make sense? If we're going to do what we're calling this church to do, and by the way, just so we're clear, this isn't pa Pastor Frank and Pastor Robert's brainchild. Well, I think what would be a good idea is, you know, let's just, let's just start concentrating on winning people to Christ. That sounds like a simple do. You do know that's not our brainchild, right? That's what we're supposed to be doing. <laughs> okay? That's biblical. It's what we've been called to do. Okay? Don't be afraid to hold each other accountable to that. Now, I'm not saying to do it in a condescending way. David, how many talked to this week? Zero? Pfft, loser. I'm not saying that. But, you know, hey, brother, how many, how many of you spoke to this week, man? I know. I need to get back on that. Yeah, brother, let, let me pray with you about that right now. How about that? Let, we need to be different in 2022. Let's not be so caught up in what we know. And that's great. I'm glad we know it, and you're going to keep getting it so you can know it. But let, we need to turn it into action. We need to turn the page. Turn the page into taking what we know and now not only applying it to our life, okay, but actively doing it. Sound fair? That, that's the push in 2022, man. That's what you're going to get from me and Robert. So just be ready for it. And, 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 and listen, listen. Make being in church a priority. Don't let it be the second thing. If you, for whatever reason, are making the decision not to come to church, make it because there was something serious to why you couldn't do it. Don't let that be your eh thing. Let that be your one thing. Make it a priority. I'm not saying that because if you're not in the seats, I'm not, I'm, I'm not upset. I mean, we're pretty empty today. I'm not upset. Like, 
Okay. But what I am saying is, but I want God to bless this church. I want God to be involved and actively involved in this church. I want him, I want the candlestick to be burning bright in this church. Anybody else want that? Huh? Amen. All I can say is for that to happen, if we're going to really push what we're looking to push this year, we need God, don't we? If we don't have God, are we going to, are we going to pull this off? No. If we're going to have it happen, if it's going to happen, we need God in this place. We need God. Well, we got to start with virtue first. All of us. All of us have to start with virtue first. Do that which you know you should do. Let's get that down. And what comes after virtue? Do we have some knowledge up in this place? And what comes after knowledge? And what comes after temperance? I hope that a lot of us are at that point now in our growth. We need to be. We need to be. Amen? Do you see how I just pushed an extra six minutes out of that? I'm good at that. I, I could push another 12 if you want. Father, we come before you, Lord. We just want to thank you for this day. Thank you for your word. Thank you that you, you've provided it for us, that we have it. Uh, we can listen to it. Uh, we can hear it. We can read it, uh, Lord, and that uh, uh, we can be moved and forever change us if we let you do what you promised you would. Uh, Lord, we love you. We thank you. I'm so thankful for this church. I'm thankful for the leaders in this church. I'm thankful for Pastor Robert. Uh, I'm thankful for just what everybody does in this church. And Lord, I hope nobody listening online or, or, or here uh, thinks that I, at any point I uh, was ever trying to question anybody's faith uh, or, or any of that. Um, it, just trying to encourage everybody, uh, trying to keep everybody on the right path, trying to keep everybody motivated on the things that you've called us to do. I hope everybody knows that it's out of love and that I'm just thankful uh, that uh, you uh, have made promises to us that I know that you will keep. Uh, help us to not abide by the flesh. Uh, help us to walk in your spirit. Uh, and Lord, you will do with that what you promised. We do love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. And all the church said, amen. amen.